Welcome on today's headline update feedback show for Ranting Politics. We are covering you, the audience's questions, from our Twitter feed, at RantingRP. Readers ask for clarification or provided feedback on the following headlines from previous shows. The debt ceiling. Are Biden and Yellen setting up an unconstitutional maneuver? Numerous people asked to quickly explain how the 14th Amendment on liberties could have to do with the debt ceiling debate and why invoking it could remedy the debt ceiling unconstitutional. Central Bank Digital Currencies, CBDCs. In our premiere episode of You Need to Know, we explored the foundation of CBDCs and their potential impact on the U.S. and global societies. We quickly followed with an update show when Governor Ron DeSantis introduced legislation on a statewide ban for using CBDCs in Florida. A listener from the great state of Wisconsin asked, Is Florida alone in their opposition to CBDCs, and is Congress looking at a federal ban? And the phenomenon of de-dollarization with a focus on the BRICS nations. Bill from Texas wanted to know updates on the moves being made from the BRICS on de-dollarization. relationship between the 14th Amendment and the debt ceiling remains a complex and contentious issue in American politics, with legal scholars and politicians often divided over its implications. Section 4 of the 14th Amendment states, The validity of the public debt of the United States, authorized by law, includes debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. Initially implemented to prevent former Confederate states from challenging the federal government's obligation to repay debts incurred during the Civil War, this clause has been invoked in contemporary discussions surrounding the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling is a legal limit imposed by Congress on the total amount of money the federal government can borrow to meet its financial obligations. In order to raise the debt ceiling, Congress must pass legislation to do so. When debates over raising the debt ceiling become politically charged, the government may risk defaulting on its debt if an agreement is not reached in time. This situation has led some to argue that the 14th Amendment's provision on the public debt could be used to bypass the debt ceiling or even render it unconstitutional. One notable example occurred during the 2011 debt ceiling crisis when the United States faced the possibility of a default on its financial obligations due to a political impasse in Congress. As the deadline to raise the debt ceiling approach, some legal scholars and politicians argued that President Barack Obama could invoke Section 4 of the 14th Amendment to prevent a default and ensure that the public debt would continue to be honored. Prominent figures such as former President Bill Clinton and then House Minority Leader and later Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi expressed support for using the 14th Amendment as a means to address the debt ceiling crisis. Clinton suggested that, if necessary, the president should, quote, force the courts to stop him by unilaterally raising the debt ceiling 
while Pelosi stated that she would like to see the president use the 14th Amendment to avoid a default. Ultimately, President Obama did not invoke the 14th Amendment in this situation, and a last-minute agreement was reached in Congress to raise the debt ceiling. The White House, as well as some legal scholars, believed that the 14th Amendment did not grant the president the authority to bypass Congress's control over the debt ceiling. Another example is the 2013 debt ceiling crisis, which also featured intense political debates and brinkmanship between Congress and the White House, although some commentators again suggested that the 14th Amendment could be used to resolve the impasse. President Obama reiterated his position that the amendment did not provide him with the power to unilaterally raise the debt ceiling. Despite the recurring political debates and the increasing frequency of debt ceiling crises, The relationship between the 14th Amendment and the debt ceiling has not been tested in court, leaving the issue unresolved from a legal standpoint. As a result, the applicability of the 14th Amendment to the debt ceiling remains a matter of academic and political debate, with no definitive resolution in sight. Turning to central bank digital currencies, CBDCs, a listener from the great state of Wisconsin asked, Is Florida alone in their opposition to CBDCs, and can states halt the implementation? The most important development on this debate with state governments taking the lead goes to South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, who boldly vetoed a bill that was largely flying under the radar but carried immense consequences for the future of American freedom. The bill, House Bill 1193, sought to pave the way for federal government to implement a central bank digital currency. By defining it as money. With this action, Governor Nome, a Republican, took on her own Republican Party, which dominates the state's legislature, showcasing her commitment to individual liberty. Despite the significance of this legislation, the majority of lawmakers in other states, Republicans and Democrats alike, continue to advance identical bills, even as they claim to oppose the development of a digital dollar. Over 20 states are currently entertaining similar legislation, including Arkansas, Montana, New Hampshire, North Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, and California. This nationwide push to pass bills resembling HB 1193 is part of a broader effort to amend the Uniform Commercial Code, the UCC, a state law adopted across all 50 states that has served for over a century as the backbone for ensuring smooth commercial activity across state lines. The UCC is not a federal law, but rather a state law passed in all 50 states. It's been around for more than a century, and it continues to play an important role in ensuring that commercial activity operates smoothly across state lines. Although HB 1193 contains some valuable amendments to the UCC, the bill's drafters insidiously included provisions that would pave the way for a programmable, traceable, and controllable central bank digital dollar to be used in certain types of commercial activities. These provisions are not only unnecessary, but also pose a significant threat to individual freedom. Remember, if a digital dollar is programmable, the government may, for example, impose limits on purchases, say your allotment of CO2-emitting gasoline for your car in a week. In New York City, the soda police will stop your purchase at the register. 
and the instantaneous forfeiture of funds for a myriad of reasons. We contend rather than making it easier to use central bank digital currencies, the CCC should be amended to make their implementation considerably more difficult. Lawmakers should not be encouraging the use of CBDCs, but instead actively discouraging their adoption. The proposed amendments would also create obstacles for cryptocurrencies, like Bitcoin, to ever be recognized as money. While these proposed updates to the UCC would not directly establish a digital currency or mandate its creation in the future, they lay the groundwork for potential central bank digital currency or other government-imposed digital currencies. The bill would have facilitated the use of CBDCs in certain transactions, yet it fails to include provisions that would prohibit the use of programmable central bank digital currency in relation to the commercial code. HB 1193 and similar bills in other states contain several provisions addressing cryptocurrencies and a possible future central bank digital currency. For instance, HB 1193 defines, quote, electronic money, despite no such thing existing yet in the United States. Another provision effectively precluded all or nearly all existing cryptocurrencies and digital currencies, including Bitcoin, from being considered Monday under the UCC. This means that only a government-created currency could ever qualify as electronic money, according to HB 1193. Governor Nome's veto of this sleight-of-hand legislation is a critical step in preserving freedom for Americans. It is high time that the lawmakers across this nation take notice and act accordingly. Before we move on to our final audience feedback question, please take out your phones and follow us on Twitter at RantingRP so you too can submit feedback and have your questions answered on their show. If you like ranting politics and support independent thought, press that like and follow button on your podcast feed to help support our distribution on this startup podcast. We are working hard to bring you insights free from agendas and commercial interests. Bill from Texas submitted, What are the latest moves by the BRICS nations to counter the U.S. as the world's lone superpower? In recent developments, a group of five oil-producing countries, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, Algeria, Egypt, Bahrain, and Iran, have submitted formal requests to join the BRICS alliance, which currently includes Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. This is particularly noteworthy as the BRICS nations are anticipated to overtake the U.S.-led G7 in terms of economic growth projections. What's more, discussions surrounding de-dollarizations have been gaining traction, primarily driven by Russia's aspiration to establish a new currency for cross-border trade among BRICS nations. This proposed currency has the potential to challenge the long-standing dominance of the dollar in global trade. Currently, The U.S. dollar is used in a remarkable 84% of cross-border trade, in comparison to a mere 4% for the Chinese yuan. Nevertheless, a BRICS-issued currency could have gradually erode the dollar's supremacy, leading to a more multipolar global monetary system. This shift would have extensive effects on the U.S. economy, foreign policy, and international markets. The BRIC currency 
supported by gold or other valuable metals, could offer an alternative for countries seeking to reduce their dependence on the U.S. dollar, as the BRICS nations collectively account for a substantial portion of global GDP other nations might be willing to conduct trade in the BRIC currency, further reinforcing its legitimacy. Now, let's weigh the potential benefits and drawbacks of this transition for the United States. On one hand, the dollar's global role has enabled Washington to utilize financial sanctions as a foreign policy instrument, which many view as a benefit. On the other hand, the dollar's prominence has increased the cost of Americans' goods and services For the rest of the world, reducing exports and resulting in job losses for the U.S. As Jared Bernstein, the head of the White House Council of Economic Advisors, pointed out in 2014, the dollar's global role comes at the cost of domestic jobs and export competitiveness. This expense has only grown over time as the U.S. economy diminishes in relation to the world's. Furthermore, sanctions against state actors like China and Russia have become less effective amidst increasing global competition. So, if a BRIC currency does indeed supplant the dollar as the reserve currency of the BRICs, we may witness some intriguing reactions. For instance, applause may come from officials in BRICs countries with anti-imperialist inclinations, certain Republicans in the U.S. Senate, and even President Joe Biden's top economists. On the other hand, boos may arise from former President Donald Trump, and the U.S. national security community, with which he frequently clashes. It's crucial to remember that the dollar's reign is unlikely to end abruptly, but the emergence of the BRIC currency could signal the gradual erosion of its dominance. Please like and or follow us, Ranting Politics, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or other podcast outlets. You can follow us at Twitter, at RantingRP. As always, thank you for listening to our headline updates for Ranting Politics, May 8th, 2023. Until next time, take care and stay free.